0: This is Leadership Letters, the podcast reflecting on and discussing all things leadership. I'm Lizzie Bentley Bowers, and as we move to the end of 2021, we're also moving towards the end of this series of Leadership Letters. This podcast is an opportunity for leaders at every level to connect by hearing from another leader about their experiences their advice, their insights, their wisdom, and indeed hearing who inspires those leaders through their leadership letters. So keep listening because I walk my talk in this episode. In the final episode of each series, I share my own leadership letter to a leader who's inspired me. And we'll also have our read, watch, and listen to recommendations in our final Leadership Letters Lowdown of 2021. As we reach the end of this turbulent year, we've had some amazing guests again and some amazing letters too. Dear Paul. Dear Future Leader. Dear England. Dear Jacinda. When I think about the people that inspire me in leadership, you always come to mind. I love that you showed such boldness. And I also love the fact that afterwards you told people that you figured you couldn't be sacked on your first day. So what did you have to lose? Relationships are everything. Be honest, be transparent and communicate. Then communicate some more. Why would you tag someone in on a conversation that is abusive? Why would you choose to insult somebody for something as ridiculous as the colour of their skin? What you have so beautifully shown the world is that women can lead. This is the Leadership Letters Podcast, a reflection of all things leadership. And time now for me to read my own leadership letter to a leader who has inspired me, Dame Mary Marsh. Dear Mary, I was fortunate to work under your leadership early in my career as a teacher. Fortunate not only because of where that was and who it was with and all the things I loved about it, but because that meant that one of my earliest and most formative experiences of leadership was of a kind that I advocate now. Your leadership. Leadership that combines strength and compassion. In an episode of this podcast earlier this year, Christina Blacklaws, who you heard from in the intro, And as I'm saying this, I wonder whether your paths have ever crossed because, my goodness, that would be an extraordinary conversation between the two of you. Christina wrote to Jacinda Ardern, women can lead with a different kind of strength, with authenticity, compassion, kindness and with great success. That is what you taught me by showing me. I believe that we share a passion for leadership, knowing that the impact of leadership ripples out in so many ways beyond the people and organisations that we lead. And that compassionate leadership is key to having the impact that we want, not only on those we are directly in contact with, but all those indirect impacts of our leadership. I also want to thank you for the chance you took on me as a leader. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, our chief want in life is someone who will make us do what we can. And I think that's true. Of course, we don't want to be made to do something in that sense of being forced or manipulated or in some kind of miserable way. But I love that notion of being made to do something. It's something about being asked to step up, being given an opportunity by a leader who gives us the right combination of support, experience and challenge, and who believes in us the things we dare to believe about ourselves. I think we do all want that, and I think that's what you gave me. You didn't need me to be the finished article to believe I was ready for that opportunity. And isn't that what leaders do? Give people the confidence to step up, to see in themselves what you see, and to trust that when they get it wrong, which they will, and I did at times, that it can be put right. In the book The 100 Year Life by Linda Grattan and Andrew Scott, you said... I'm fortunate to have had good health, energy, love and support along the way, but this all needs regular investment to help it flourish. I have lived by the challenge I give to others. Know yourself, be yourself and look after yourself and keep on doing this, including being insatiably curious, reflective, resilient and ready to seize opportunities. If ever a paragraph summed up, the work that i now do it was this one i wish i'd written it you talk in that paragraph about reflection and that was something that you taught me the importance of reflection i remember it having a huge impact on me at the time as someone who tended to rush to race from one thing to the next busy was important to me pausing to gather what i had learned and noticed was something i didn't do often enough And I remember thinking that I wanted to be successful working for you. I wanted to do well for you. And realising that if I was going to do well, reflection was something I needed to incorporate into my life. What a gift that was. And it's no coincidence, I don't think, that reflection grew into a practice that is now both the foundation and the heart of my work and indeed my life. Every now and then our paths have crossed again and what a joy that has always been. And I can't help noticing as I write this how much I feel like I know you. And yet the total number of hours we have spent in each other's company is tiny. And isn't that the art of leadership too? To create strong and inspiring connection, to be interested in people. I often hear that it isn't possible to be vulnerable and connected with everyone at every level in an organisation. My memory of you, and it's not my story to tell, so I won't, but my memory of you is of doing exactly that and strengthening connection as you did so. And I want to acknowledge how much you strengthened your connection when you did exactly what some say is not possible to be vulnerable, to be connected, while still having strength and boundary. I think it's no coincidence that the second opportunity I've given myself to write one of these letters is again going to a former head teacher. I'm fortunate to have had role models for ambition, inclusion, education and compassion, and to know that those are the hallmarks of strong, effective leadership. Not that those things are easy, of course. They are, however, eminently possible. You have contributed so much to so many fields, always with equality of opportunity, particularly for young people at the heart of what you do. I find that inspiring too, and it's how I try to live my working life. Thank you for your extraordinary work and legacy. Thank you for everything you taught me. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to learn from you. Yours as ever, Lizzie. So moving on to this episode's Leadership Letters Lowdown, the first thing I want to recommend is something to read. And it's really very much in keeping with what I learned from Mary, which is the impact of quality connection and how long when you have a quality connection, that engagement and connection lasts regardless of whether or not you continue to see that person. I've written before and talked before on here about some of the deceptively simple concepts that can make a significant and sustained impact on leaders and their organisations, whose value can get diluted, even lost in the repetition effect. That thing when an idea is repeated so often and in so many ways and so many places that something happens where rather than strengthen the message, the repetition seems to weaken it. So for leaders, rather than a sense of thinking, oh, yeah, it would be useful to pay more attention to that. It creates thoughts that are more like, yes, I know, I know. I understand how important that is. We all do our best with that all the time, don't we? What more can I do or don't have the time or energy to think about that or some version of a resistance because we've heard it so many times. And I completely get that. These things are a bit like the lobby music that's pleasant enough and feels good to hear but quickly fade into the background because other things are more engaging of our time and our attention, And their very simplicity moves them down the priority list because we are surely are already doing them if they're simple things. So the example I want to share with you today of this is connection, quality connection, the quality of the engagement between us and our colleagues in those little ways that we can increase it daily. And as I say, that's the kind of thing that It's really easy to assume we're paying attention to when we might not be. And actually when a little bit of a tweak of it could do so much good. There are many, many times I've worked with teams preparing for an important event who've really thought through their strategy for who they need to make sure they connect with. What the messages they want to share are, who with, what the follow up might be. They do a lot of preparation for the big information moments like presentations And they also work on the informal moments that strengthen the relationships. The business stories, the people stories, the things that help us engage with each other and remember each other as human beings. They know that the snippets of conversation as well as the in-depth big moments all contribute to whether or not that business will be won or whether that collaboration will be effective in the future. And you might be thinking that that's quite cynical in its preparation. But I disagree and I disagree because we do this kind of thing socially all the time, consciously or maybe even subconsciously. Travelling to a party for example, thinking about what we're looking forward to sharing with someone, going for drinks somewhere with new neighbours or a new group and thinking about what we might say and share in order to connect and to start some relationships. Or when we're seeing people we haven't seen for a while and remembering things about them and what matters to them And what we want to ask about to re-establish our connection. So that process of connecting and reconnecting is something we do to strengthen our relationships all the time without judging ourselves or others harshly for it. So why would we judge ourselves or others harshly for it to do it more at work? So maybe the cynicism is about the fact that it is work. And of course, it's important to have good relationships at work, but maybe forcing it feels a bit wrong, that kind of thinking. And again, I disagree. I know I don't need to tell you that social connection and support feels good wherever you are and whatever you are doing. So again, why not pay more attention to it at work and notice our habits of who and how we connect and whether we could do a little more. So the to read recommendation is Jane Dutton's book. She's done some great work on researching the impact of what she calls high quality connections. And her book, Energise Your Workplace, How to create and sustain high quality connections at work is my to read recommendation. I am going to venture, though, that when you dip into any chapter of her book, you won't find something that feels revelatory to you. It will feel and sound familiar. And it relates to my early point about having heard these things before. What she does, though, is share examples of what high quality connections look and sound like with that all important reminder that we know this stuff we don't necessarily fully know and pay attention to it. What she also does is bring the science behind high-quality connections to us and the organisational and individual impact of making those connections. So it's a great book because it basically makes the case all in one place for placing some time and attention on connection in your organisation with the same kind of energy, strategic thinking and value as you would your conversations on products, clients, or future direction. This is the Leadership Letters podcast, a reflection of all things leadership. So, just in case you don't have the time at the moment to read the book, I thought I'd share three reasons that Jane Dutton shares to strategically increase connection in your organisation and three things you could do right now. So, three reasons for strategically increasing connection. One, Hearing more wisdom, disagreement, experience, ideas and perspectives. Research has shown that the more you ensure you hear from everyone, the more you will ensure that you hear from everyone. It makes sense, I know. This is especially important though if you want your team to share views and expertise on occasions when they might consciously or unconsciously defer to others who they perceive to be of a higher status. There are a number of research papers on this, and a great other place to find them collated, as well as Jane's book, is In Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed, which we've mentioned before on this podcast. A second reason, increased well-being. Better connections make for better work experiences and the benefits to individuals, teams and the organisation of that are many. The third reason is increased trust. A conversation I've had with many people over the years has led to them recognising that they've been holding back from strengthening their connections in case they have to deliver difficult messages. The irony is that it's a strong connection that increases the possibility of being able to hear, receive and act on that feedback. It's the connection that makes the temporary discomfort of difficult messages okay as part of a bigger picture. Think about the person in your life you're most willing to be challenged by, who you trust that when they share something that might be hard for you to hear, it's with positive intention, a wish to support, a wish for things to be better for you, and a belief that you're capable of hearing that challenge, and that however uncomfortable it temporarily makes you and them, that your relationship will be okay and there will be benefits. Is that someone you feel connected to? Or is the person that you're willing to be challenged by someone who you keep and who keeps you at arm's length? I'm guessing it's someone that you are strongly connected to that you're most willing to be challenged by. So three things you could do right now to increase connection. The first one is share the intention. So one of the things I think that can hold us back from perhaps taking a bit more time in meetings to connect is that fear of perception that we're paying something lip service or it feels forced. Forced fun, someone once referred to it as with me. But I think if we share the intention to increase connection and our reasons for doing it, we can just get it out in the open. Yes, we are consciously making an effort because we believe it's worth doing, and here's why. And actually, if we're acknowledging that increasing connection feels a bit forced, I think that can be a sign in and of itself that we need more of it. So there's something about being honest. We're starting somewhere, and following that up with an I'll go first always helps too. The second thing that you can do today Is as you enter or leave your building, or queue for the coffee machine, or enter a real or virtual meeting room, just let your gaze open up and out and land with someone. Maybe add a smile in there. I'm sure you already do this a lot. The question is, could you do it a little more? Could you do that with someone different? I often refer to Dr Jill Bolt-Taylor in relation to this. In her TED Talk and her book, A Stroke of Insight, She recalls how as a patient unable to communicate, she knew so much about the experience she was about to have with someone by the way they walked in the door. And her powerful message, and it absolutely connects to this, is take responsibility for the energy you bring. The third thing that you can do is have a connection review, either individually or as a leadership team. Set aside a bit of time to consider when, where and with whom you have your high quality connections. And when, where, and with whom, maybe you don't. Committing to a small, manageable, and meaningful addition each could make a significant difference in total. And a reminder in closing, this isn't about the impossible and inappropriate task of trying to be everyone's best friend. It's about taking responsibility for consistent and genuine high-quality interactions that build connection, well-being, and trust. I mentioned at the beginning The teams putting time, energy, thought and preparation into their key interactions with potential clients and collaborators. Planning their connection in this way had a significant positive impact on outcomes for those teams. What an interesting and potentially powerful experiment to do the same for our colleagues. So on to my to listen recommendation, a shameless plug for something else of mine. You may have noticed a bit of a gap between this episode of Leadership Letters and the last one. And that's because I was busy with my wonderful colleague, Alison Lucas, recording some more in our series of podcasts on Endings for Beginnings. In conversation with some leaders who have been applying the four pillars of Endings for Beginnings, we were learning the impact that our work has been having on organisations. And in conversation with some fellow Endings activists Really talking through the impact that paying attention to an ending can have on individual and organisational capacity to turn towards the future with more energy, with more clarity, with more focus, ready to do what's coming next. So I'd love you to have a listen to that. And then that takes us, of course, to our to watch recommendation. And it's the time of year where we're hopefully heading for a break at the end of another long and turbulent year. So I have to ask you to watch something that will be an opportunity to relax with the ultimate bringer of high-quality connections, Buddy the Elf. Please enjoy, if you haven't already yet, this festive season, the best Christmas movie ever, Elf. So thank you so much for joining us on this and all the episodes of Leadership Letters in this series. My thanks again to everybody who has come on and shared their wisdom and their letters. Hope you have a wonderful break over Christmas and the new year. And I would encourage you to reflect over the Christmas and the new year who you might write your letter to. And please do then share that with us. We'd love to get them on a future episode. And Mary, if you're listening to this, please do feel free to be a dream guest and come on to Leadership Letters next year. Please do get in touch via thecausewaycoaching.com and if you can hit follow wherever you've downloaded this podcast from, then you can be sure to receive our next episode when we return in 2022. This is the Leadership Letters podcast, a reflection of all things leadership. See you soon.